Sun Yat-sen said he was the first martyr of the revolutionary. That level of commitment, that young. Mm, he was what very What was I committed. doing when I was 27? Nothing. I know what I was doing. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Sun Yat-sen, he put in the red earth. Okay. Okay, which symbolizes the blood. Mandi Hong, I know Right, this. Yeah. of the revolutionaries. And this became the official flag of the Republic of China in what year? Oh, nice wow. I think that mm. it was not around in the beginning. I think it was after 1912 when the ROC was founded. So what year? 1928. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? They are mighty hunters that could easily be mistaken for house cats. They stalk across a huge chunk of Asia that cuts from Afghanistan to Indonesia and Korea. They are the traditional masters of Taiwan's wild places too. But while their worldwide population is considered healthy, in Taiwan they are in trouble, victims of overdevelopment and often drivers who fail to break in time. These are leopard cats, a species that Taiwan has started learning to love. In large part, this is thanks to the work of groups like the Leopard Cat Association of Taiwan, a group dedicated to the protection of the species. One of the association's leading members joins us today for a closer look at the leopard cat, the threats they face, and work to encourage their return to Taiwan's wilderness. Leopard cats are about the same size as ordinary cats, and while they have some distinctive features, those who don't know better really do confuse them for domestic cats. The first thing to look for are the leopard-like spots that give the leopard cat its name. You'll also notice two vertical white streaks that run up from the eyes toward the ears. Speaking of ears, leopard cat ears are rounded, not pointed like ordinary cats. And if you manage to get close enough, you'll also notice that there are white spots behind the ears too. If you want to spot a leopard cat, the place to go is central Taiwan, though their range does bleed a little bit into the north and the south too. By far the largest numbers are found in Miaoli County, an area along Taiwan's north-central coast, where they can be found in hills and low-lying areas beneath a thousand meters above sea level. Miaoli County is where 60 to 70 percent of Taiwan's leopard cats are found. The county is especially good for them because it's less built up than neighboring areas and because local farmers use fewer pesticides. Leopard cats are solitary creatures that are mostly active in the night. They hunt and eat mice mainly, but they also eat the occasional snake, lizard, bird, or even bug. They grow up fast, able to reproduce at only one year old. Females can mate once a year, producing one to three kittens per litter. Females don't like to roam too far. Normally, their territory only extends over a two-kilometer radius. 
Males don't travel all that much either, but studies have shown that they do like to venture out a bit further, sometimes living in a 6-kilometer radius. These days, it's said there are only around 500 leopard cats left in Taiwan. It's a far cry from the way things used to be. You can pick up on this quite quickly by looking at records that date back to Taiwan's period under Japanese colonial rule from 1895-1945. These records make it clear that the leopard cat was once a common animal found across Taiwan, not just on the central coast. But development later started taking its toll, as did road-building projects that went through its habitats. Even today, more than a few still end up as roadkill. Then there was the rat poison, used by humans to kill the very pests that the leopard cats eat. Poison in the food chain killed even more leopard cats. Stray dogs and cats that returned to their wild roots in Taiwan's forests took to attacking leopard cats, especially their kittens. And the diseases these stray animals brought with them took a further toll on leopard cat numbers. Finally, there were the farmers. Raids on chicken coops made the leopard cats a hated enemy among farmers, and incidents of farmers killing them reduced their numbers even further. Concern and action about the situation of Taiwan's leopard cats only started fairly recently, around 2010. That was when a number of development projects threatened their remaining habitat and spurred awareness of their plight. The roadkill issue has also raised alarms in recent years. And since 2010, there's been work to raise their profile as a Taiwanese animal, alongside other famous Taiwanese creatures like the Formosan black bear. The leopard cat was used as a mascot of the Taichung Flora Expo. Leopard cat designs were also recently put on a train. And though controversy broke out about the design, it turned out to be a drawing of a real leopard, not a leopard cat. It was still good news as far as activists were concerned. It at least got people talking and spread awareness. Action to help leopard cats has come from several corners. The government has helped by designing more leopard cat-friendly roads, while private groups like this Leopard Cat Association keep an eye on proposed development projects that could hurt them. The association now also works with farmers to build chicken enclosures that leopard cats can't get into, thereby erasing the main source of leopard-cat-human conflict. Finally, there's the general public, which is part of the equation too. Ordinary people are now more aware than ever about these creatures, and it's thanks to their donations that groups like the Leopard Cat Association can run. And on at least one recent occasion, an ordinary motorist even saved a pair of leopard cats. In a recent case that made national news, a Miaoli County resident rescued two leopard cat kittens from an attacking dog on a stretch of local road. Thanks to the recent spread of awareness, this human rescuer quickly realized that these were not ordinary cats, and so they were able to contact the proper authorities to take them in. They're now being trained to survive in the wild and will be released back near where they were found within a year. The Leopard Cat Association of Taiwan was set up after its founder spent some time researching the leopard cats of Miaoli County beginning in 2005 and realized they needed help. 
this director believed that government agencies, with their restrictive regulations and bureaucracy, couldn't do enough to protect leopard cats. There needed to be a more flexible private alternative, and the association was the solution they came up with. Now, the association is still using the power of ordinary people to achieve its aims. As we've already heard, members do things like monitor development projects and teach farmers to build leopard-cat-proof chicken coops. But the association takes on much bigger projects, too. One of the big upcoming projects is a new survey of leopard-cat numbers in their main population center, Miaoli County. The 500 or so figure that we heard about earlier was drawn up after another survey done 10 years ago. It's likely that much has changed in the past 10 years, for good or for bad. Starting next year, association members will find out. They plan to revise this estimate by using the kind of motion-sensitive cameras sometimes used by hunters. They'll set up a network of these cameras in the wild and see how many leopard cats are photographed. From this, they'll project a new estimate of how many leopard cats Taiwan is likely to have. For the Leopard Cat Association, it's going to be a moment of truth. Have the association's ideas about chicken coops made much of a difference? What's been the impact of roadside improvements, environmental monitoring, and public education? How much of a chance do Taiwan's leopard cats still have? The results of the census will help answer these questions. The Leopard Cat Association of Taiwan and leopard cat lovers island-wide are anxious to see what the survey results have to say. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Stroke of Light, a portrait of Taiwan through the eyes of painters, sculptors, filmmakers, and photographers. Hello and welcome to Stroke of Light. I'm Jake Chen. In the last month or so, we have been having this very in-depth conversation with Mr. Robert Zhang, a photographer based out of Singapore who has been capturing images along with scientists on a research mission of this phenomenon of outer species invading the inhabitat of indigenous species. 
So this week, we'll carry on our conversation with Mr. John and find out about some of the aesthetic choices that he made in the crafting of his photos. Um, I want to ask about the aesthetics, the, the many aesthetic choices that you have for your photographs. Yeah. Um, those photos are, are stunning, but what grasped my attention is that a lot of the photos seem to have this color tint on them. Mm. Uh, there's a, a photo of a bird flying over a forest in an urban scene that mm. seems to be tinted green. And then there's another photograph uh, of bird feathers and it's tinted richly red. Uh, and then there's a, a photograph of a frog and that's, that has a different tint. Why uh, these color tints? Uh, okay, the, the, the things that are. The heavily tinted ones are actually uh, images I've taken, uh, the red ones and the pink ones. Mm -hmm. uh, those are very, I felt very, they, they are very violent images actually. And um, for the longest time, uh, I didn't know how to deal with them because I was very sensitive to them. Uh, especially uh, when I went on the volunteer trips I actually went to catch the frogs with them oh, okay. and I went to the university that was in charge of removing the lizards and I spoke with the, uh, the students involved in the research they, they, they were removing the lizards by the thousands and the hundreds and, um, and so they, uh, the frogs were were all caught and stored in this cloth bag and um, as an image uh, when I'm creating it yeah. it's um at the same time, I don't think there's anything wrong with what they are doing because I, I believe that, that they come from a place where they want to protect something and they are doing this out for their, their own kind of uh, ways that they want to help protect nature. So I believe that's valid in what they are doing. But at the same time, the truth of it is um, it looks... It, if I were to take an image, the image of that thing, it looks really... It, it can look potentially violent. Yeah. Yeah, because we are killing them, right? That's, that's, make no mistake about it. We, they are taken to be killed. Uh, but in the, in the case of the zoo, I think uh, they use it to feed the animals. So at least there's a kind of equal, there's kind of a cycle right. going on. At least the, 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 the frogs are, are eaten by the animals in the zoo. We're throwing them back to the food chain. Yeah, okay. so that, that's okay, I guess. Yeah. And <coughs> so... I was trying to look for a way to abstract all these images into a feeling that uh, can both uh, talk about this control, but at the same time kind of highlight the, the slight violence that's involved in it as well. That uh, this is a thing that must be done, but at the same time we should question why are we doing it. So that's, that's why the, there's a lot of abstraction of colors doing it with the red and the pink. I think that that, that kind of... Uh, and, and the red was actually... Um, the image here, the, the red one, is actually from a vet, uh, a bottle of lizards. There was oh. about a few hundreds of it. Okay, wow. Yeah, so um, I think what happens in this village in Chiai is that the, the county offers rewards to the villagers every season to capture... Every lizard will be given a certain amount of reward. So each villager will, or each um, yeah, each villager will catch about a few thousand. Wow! And and during the counting, they will all empty into this huge jar of alcohol, which is in a few hundred thousand of lizards every season. 
so they, the lizards are killed by being immersed in alcohol? Yeah. I think immediately when they are caught, they will be dumped into the alcohol. The huge jar. Until the... When, until when they, it comes to be collected for the reward. Right. So it, I think it happens in, in seasons. And uh, so I, I, I had a, uh, so I took a photograph of all the lizards submerged in the bottle. But at the same time, these are carcasses and they, are, they look really awful. Okay. Yeah, and it's not easy. It's not something easy to look at. But at the same time, uh, I think when you're doing the job, when you're handling the lizards, it's the most natural thing for the scientists to do. No we'll hear more about Mr. John and wrap up our conversation next week, so please stay tuned for the finale of this mini-series. For Stroke of Light, I'm Jake Chen. Talk to you then. together already. It's time to feast! Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, welcome to the feast and this is Ellen Chu. And this is Andrew Ryan. How are you doing, Ellen Chu? I'm doing good. Good. Yes. I have a treat for you today. What kind of treat? A very expensive treat. Is it expensive? It is not cheap. Really? Although I have to say, somebody, you know, Shirley Lin from the English service, mm-hmm. she gave me some of this mystery ingredient. You mean she has been secretly taking this mystery ingredient? That is a secret to her eternal use. Okay. Actually, no, she hasn't done it yet. She said it was kind of a pain to make and okay. asked if I wanted to make it. And I said, so- yes. So she said, you might as well make more so you can have some? (laughs) Yes. Right. Okay. So this past Monday, October 7th, was Senior Citizens Day in Mm. Taiwan. Uh, and that's based on the Double Ninth Festival of Ancient China. Yang. That's right. And we actually have some information about that. Yes. So according to the I Ching, the number nine is a yang number. So like right. yin and yang, it's uh-huh. the yang number. So the ninth day of the ninth lunar month, or double nine, has too much yang. Uh huh. Oh, okay. That's like male energy. It's like the sun. It's so, like yeah. Potentially, it's a very dangerous day. Yeah. Oh. Too much yang. All right. <laughs> then why do yin. they celebrate like you know the elderly day on that day? Well, I think it's to protect the elderly, okay. right? Um, so they call it the Double Yang Festival, as we mentioned, and to protect against danger, it's customary to climb a high mountain to get mm. away from the yang energy. <laughs> All right. So the day is also called Double Yang Festival, Chongyangjie, to protect against danger. Customary to let them <laughs> climb the high mountain and drink. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> 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 yes. It's terrible. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Why do you let the old people climb a high mountain? Go climb a mountain, Grandma. I know. <laughs>
<laughs> you send your grandparents to climb up. <laughs> this is terrible. Okay. It sounds like a long walk off a short the, pier. The drink is better. Okay, chrysanthemum liquor. Liquor. Okay, yes. and where zhuyu plant? What is zhuyu? I think it's a kind of plant that like wards off like pestilence. Evil. Okay. Evil. It's probably an anti. You know. Pestilent or something. It sounds like a little bit like um, Duan Wujie, like mm. the, the Dragon Boat Festival. Yeah, to get rid of so evil spirits. So, Chinese also visit the graves of their ancestors to pay their respect. So, apparently, this can all be traced back to a man named Heng Jing, who believed mm. that a monster would bring pestilence on this day. He told his countrymen to... <laughs> to hide on a hill while he went to defeat the monster and then later people celebrated Heng Jing's defeat of the monster on the ninth day of the ninth lunar month. Great. <laughs> a monster is in the hill and they send the elderly <laughs> Hey, Grandma, go climb that hill. <laughs> and you know, it's a hard climb and there might be a monster up there, but... Go ahead. But we will put this flower on you. <laughs> and it gets the pest we'll, away. We'll get you drunk one. Chrysanthemum <laughs> liquor, so you won't even know a thing. This um. is horrible. <laughs> you know, the more I read it, the more I think this holiday is not that good. Ellen Chu, I think it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> okay, so ladies and gentlemen, okay, try not to... Tell your grandparents to go up a hill. <laughs> go take a hike oh. up a hill. <laughs> All right. Oh, how is... can we turn this show in a funny show? I know. How can we turn this whole thing around? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to be serving up an oh. anti-aging dessert. So you don't have to be old anymore. Yes, that's right. Okay, so they won't send you up the mountain. <laughs> Somebody tells you to go take a hike in the mountains. I know. I think I would... the old, you know, ancient people are horrible. <laughs> mean to each other. Really mean. Really, really because mean. Because we, we don't, like, send our elderly on Jojo Tsongyanjie to go take a hike. No, <laughs> no. Go, go take a hike, Grandma. <laughs> no. What do we do? Well, how is you it celebrated? Usually, you know, they go to these uh, elderly homes. <laughs> Who does? And visit them. Oh, you visit the elderly. Right. On these days and right. bring them nice foods. Right. Treat them well. You could bring them the food that we're going to be serving up today. That would be All a nice right. treat. Okay. So what is this mystery treat? Uh, just to give you a little bit of an idea, mm. it is from the forest. Oh. And it grows on peach trees. Ooh. And it's glowing Amber-colored peach wow. resin. Holy okay. cow, Ellen Chu. It glows. I tell you, it is the weirdest-looking thing I've seen in a long time. Okay. So uh, maybe we should start off with our menu. What do you think? Okay, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. In our first course, we'll tell you all about peach resin and its restorative properties. In our second course, I'm going to head into the Feast Meets West Test Kitchen to create a dessert from this. And in a third and final course will be sampling the dessert on air. And if you have any problems with anything we're doing in today's show, you can go and take a hike. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Up but a we tall mountain. <laughs> we have a song from Jolene Tsai, and mm -hmm. it's called Tao Hua Yuan. Mm. The peach blossom origins. Origins. All right. So much more to come when the feast continues. Mm. Shall see the good to rent and tattoo. 
他知道在心的深处有个国度。竹马花瓣的路，水晶般无尽却微甜的湖，就算只是短暂经过，都觉得幸福。哪里什么都会变，但每一刻都想永远。没有骗人的誓言，但每句都值得纪念。Alrighty, so where do you get this thing? This thing you cannot get it in Taiwan, right? Peach resin. I think you can. Really? You can order it. Yeah. Order it online. I don't actually don't know because Shirley Lin gave it to me. Well, but I think know, somebody gave it to her. Really? It doesn't. I'll, I'll tell you this: we don't find peach resin in Taiwan. I don't think. Okay. So basically, as we mentioned, it is you have to go into the forest and you find a peach tree,、mm-hmm. and you'll see these little globules, translucent amber-colored globules, growing on the tree. I guess it's secreting them.、Mm. And some people say it's like the poor man's bird's nest, but it、Ooh. you know costs a fraction of the price, and、okay. of course it's it's、uh, not bad for the birds, right? Right. And、uh, some people also call it tears of the peach blossom. Which is very sad and poetic. Oh, it's poetic. Yeah, and kind of sad. Oh, so peach resin. What is it? It comes from、uh, wild peach trees,、uh, and、uh, I guess Chinese wild peach trees. And has amber color, and、mm-hmm. you could get it in Yunnan, Guizhou from China,、mm-hmm. and it's in the high mountain areas. Mm, and, and also, you could get it at Hubei, Anhui, and Shandong. Interesting.、Mm. And so, actually, in classical Chinese medicine literature, they talk about its curative abilities, including solving urinal tract infections. Wow! It's thirst quenching, and it also relieves stress. So、mm. I guess it、um, is supposed to make you. What, what do you say? It says Xingping Yi Qi. And also, it acts like a、uh, natural insulin.、Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah.、Uh, natural and healthy food that's rich in amino acids. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and it also it allows collagen to be quickly absorbed into the human body. Right. So collagen is the key for us, right? To be youthful. Right. Even in our age. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very nice. So, so it doesn't have any taste. So basically we're eating the texture of it, right? Mm-hmm. That so is right. So people usually, uh, well, make it into like a sweet sugary dessert. Soup, yeah. Soup. So they have these sweet soups in uh, Chinese cuisine. We have a lot of them here in Taiwan. Uh, you can find all kinds of different things in them. You can mm -hmm. find like dates. Papaya. Papaya, really? Yeah, That's interesting. Red dates uh, and shi'er. So, shi'er is Coconut. like snow lotus. Yes. Um, and you have different kinds of tree fungus, like white mm -hmm. tree fungus. Um, just so many different things that you can put in a soup uh, that you can, mm -hmm. you know, eat this amber colored But jewel. there are people that cannot eat it, okay? You have to be aware is that if you have a weak digestive system, like elderly or children, mm -hmm. you're not supposed to have too, many, too much of this because this is high fiber and high in protein. But wait, the elderly can't have it? I thought it was supposed to be anti-aging. Yeah. Oh, maybe not, just don't well, eat too much. If you have like a strong stomach, you can. Mm -hmm. But, you know, usually the elderly, they don't have like healthy intestine and stomach anymore. I think the thing is you just don't want to have too much of it, especially, yeah, it's right? it's not very digestive, I, I guess. And also, uh, like uh, pregnant women, mm -hmm. and also if you're in the hospital sick, your immune system low. Oh. Yes. And also if you're on your period. Or if you have a particularly cool constitution mm. as uh, determined by Chinese medicine. Right. Then maybe it's not the best time to be eating this. Right. So is this the dessert you made for me? It is the dessert I made for you. Is I made it a dessert for That is the one, Ellen Chu. Oh, wow. So essentially, I'm going to go into the Vsmeans West Test Kitchen. So well, actually, I've already been this in. This is like fig and it has bai he. Which is lotus bulb. Right, and tao jiao, which is the peach resin. Uh-huh. And ying er. Which is snow fungus. Okay, and, and then goji. Goji berries or yes. wolf berries sometimes and they're called. And a little bit of, you know, ice sugar. Uh-huh, rock sugar. Okay. And that's just to make it nice and sweet for a dessert. Sweet for Ellen Chu. Alrighty, and give me some anti-aging property. So I think it's a really strange thing. Like when you open up the the jar of it, mm -hmm. they're like little, it looks like little pills. They're like clear colored like capsules. capsules. But then what you do is you have to put them in water and you can soak them from anywhere between 12 hours and 24 hours. Wow. I did it for a whole day and the little a capsule will bloom. So it becomes this like globule. It just kind of like wow. expands to like four or five times the size of the original thing. Let me show you a picture and uh, we'll share this picture with everyone as well. Okay. Uh, just to give you an idea of what they look like. Globule. Globules. So this is what they start off like. Oh, wow. They do look amber colored, right? Yes. Anywhere between clear and almost even brownish. Mm -hmm. It's pretty. Um, they're very pretty. They make a nice jewel. Mm -hmm. And then after you... Maybe um, I make a ring out of it. Yeah, you could. Mm -hmm. And this is what it looks like after they've expanded. Wow. Little jewels of the forest. I know. Beautiful. And spongy and gelatinous. Fillers. Dwai dwai. 
Fillers. Fillers. That's <laughs> right. All right. So we are going to be going to Feast Meets West Test Kitchen in just a moment. Okay. And I'll be thinking about you when I make this. Okay. And then you can think about... Youth. Youth as you're eating it. Right. All right. But first, the song... This song is called Taozi or Peach. This is in the Hakka language and it's by Xie Yu Wei. Oh. Back in a moment. Okay. Second course. We are back now on Feast Meets West in our second course, and we are in the Feast Meets West test kitchen. Today I have a bunch of very strange looking ingredients in bowls, uh, sitting in water and kind of blooming. Uh, this all sounds very unusual. Uh, what we're doing is we're making a sweet dessert 
which is more of a traditional dessert here in Taiwan that incorporates a lot of very, well, I don't want to say rare, but quite unusual ingredients. So in my bowls here, we have petals from the lily bulb, so little white hard petals, and those are soaking in water to loosen them up. We have a big snow fungus, uh, which is gorgeous. It's just blossoming in the water. Uh, looks like a little cream-colored pom-pom. Uh, and then we have some dried figs. We have some uh, beautiful red goji berries. And then finally, the most important one is our peach resin or peach gum, which I have been soaking for 24 hours. Some recipes say you only have to soak it for 12, but as it worked out, uh, I ended up doing it for 24. And the peach resin is gorgeous. It's these little amber globules, I guess of peach sap, something that's come out of the peach tree, uh, and they are just shining in the light. They're translucent, and they range everything from completely clear to kind of like an amber color, uh, just little blobs of that. <laughs> it doesn't sound too appetizing, but they look gorgeous. And in a sweet soup, a lot of these aren't really going to have a very strong flavor. In fact, most of the flavor is probably going to come from the figs and the goji berries. The other three ingredients don't really smell or taste too strong. So now that uh, everything is ready to go, I'm just gonna start off by heating up a pot of water. And the first thing that goes in is the snow fungus. And uh, now that that has started to boil, I'm gonna just put in some rock sugar. A lot of these Traditional desserts call for rock sugar rather than granulated sugar. Um, and then we're just uh, turning down the flame a little bit on the stove there because we don't need a rolling boil. Now, uh, we're going to wait for a little bit. And once the snow fungus has become thick and kind of uh, fills up the pot, then we are going to uh, toss in the lily bulb and the other ingredients. Alright, so uh, we're just putting now the lily bulb uh, petals in and also the dried figs and the peach resin. And now that those are in the pot, we're going to boil it for about 15 minutes. Uh, and then we'll come back here in just a moment and uh, finish up with our goji berries. Alright, so our dessert has now been boiling for about 15 minutes. I've tasted it, it tastes just a little bit sweet, which is perfect. Uh, and we're gonna toss those uh, wolf berries or goji berries in. And uh, from here, we're just gonna boil it for two more minutes and then this is gonna be good to go. Um, and I think at this point, it's really important to say that the main purpose of this dessert, aside from being sweet and offering a nice little treat, is that you have all of these different mouthfeels that are in there. You've got the chewiness um, of the goji berries and the dried figs, um, and then you have the fluffiness and the gelatinous textures of the other items in this bowl. So this is gonna be a lovely, beautiful looking dessert, uh, which is also gonna have some nice health properties from that peach resin and the other ingredients as well. So we're gonna go into a song now. This is a song called the Peach Declaration, and it's by a singer called Zhu Anyu. 
Much more to come when the feast continues. We'll see if Alan Chu likes his peach resin or not. Okay, Ellen Chu, okay. are you ready? Yes. Tell me what you're thinking as I dish it up. Okay, so it's glutinous, and then glutinous. There's no gluten in it. No, I mean it should be kind of like sticky, chewy, maybe a little bit. Yes. All but right. If, if you say it's kind of like bird nest, then you know people kind of get the idea. They get the idea. Right. All right, so I am uh, opening up my container. Okay. Freshly heated from yes. the stove with many exciting things inside. And, ooh, look at that. Oh. So pretty. I know. All right, are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? All righty, just dishing up a little Keep bit. It up. This is the one you want to try here. Okay. Okay. And then... Oh, it's very amber. Very amber. And a little fig. bit of everything. Not sure if the lily bulbs are done, so okay. you can just, uh, if they're too crunchy, don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, but you definitely want to have the amber. That's the important part. The, mm. the resin from the peach blossom. Alrighty. What do you say, Ellen Chu? It doesn't have any flavor. All the flavor comes from the sugar. Mm-hmm. And... It's a gelatinous melange of textures mm. in a sweet soup. Mmm. What's the yeah. verdict? I think it's good, but I would like it ice cold. Next time I'll ice it for you, Ellen okay. Chu. It is, um, I do taste a little bit of peach. Just a teeny tiny bit of peach. It does. It has a peach after smell, you know, in your mouth. The essence of peach. Right. So, the thing is that there must be a lot of, like, different kind of vitamins in there mm -hmm. that keeps you young. Health properties and right. uh, creates that collagen in your face. I definitely feel it. I feel the dwine going into my skin. The dwine Already. in your skin. So do I, Ellen Chu. You do? You're dwine it up. Do you feel that your wrinkles are all ironed out? Melting away as I right. eat this sweet dessert. Fabulous. Fabulous. Right. Let's go into our dresses. Okay, so with this 
peach resin. We、mm-hmm. hope everybody can feel the dwine in us. <laughs> okay. P O box one two three dash one nine nine Taipei Taiwan and email us at a n d r o o at r t i dot o r g dot t w. And next week, I'm gonna have something that you may not like, Ellen Chu. I'm just gonna give you a little warning. Vegetarian month. Mm-hmm. It's in vegetarian months, but it's maybe vegetarian, maybe not. We'll find out. The key is that it's going to be something that allows us to not eat meat and save the planet. I mean,、oh. do both of those things. Okay. Yeah. Does that sound convincing? No. You sound very unsure. I feel unsure because you already kind of like gave, gave me a preview that I wouldn't like it. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. You、yeah. know what, Ellen? Chu, you're gonna love it. It's gonna be so delicious, and you're gonna eat it up. Okay. And you're gonna thank me. You're gonna be asking for more. All right. All right. So we'll see. Okay. We will see. One final song today, and it is called "Peach Blossom" by Eels. For Feast Me Sauce, I'm Andrew Ryan. And this is Ellen Chu. See you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Doi doi. Bye bye. Bye bye. Something to say, and I can't wait to hear it. Won't let her get away.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.